Good morning. I want to welcome you this Friday morning to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday making a comparison and using Enoch as an example of how some of the things in the scripture are being interpreted and why we'll understand them the way that we do. And this will kind of help us uh, open up a little bit. Actually, the entire scripture doesn't mean that everything is exactly this pattern, but there is a lot of it that you can find that can follow this. So there's examples and there's patterns and there's types and there's shadows and there's figures and all of these things. So yesterday we we're talking about Enoch. Enoch representing those that before the judgment of God comes upon the earth, in that case, it was the flood. In our case, it'll be the tribulation that he was raptured up or he was taken up by God and he was no more. But then you have that group of people like those that died and perished in the flood that represent those that will die and perish during the time of the seven year tribulation and the or we'll call it the three and a half years of the great tribulation, but the seven years. And then we have the group of people that are going to be protected. Those that will be safeguarded by God. Uh, they will be the individuals that can be compared to those that were in the ark. So we have three types of individuals here. And as we were saying yesterday, it, it's not in the Bible that Enoch was born on Shabbat. It's not in the Bible that he was taken up on Shabbat, on Pentecost. We have to understand that God has control of all time and all dates. He knows exactly, exactly on what day uh, Adam was created. He knows exactly on what day Adam died. He knows all these things, even before he gave the Jews uh, their their calendar for agricultural and of course they had their civil calendar even before all these things god already knows the time the date and the place of everything so let's start looking at some of these examples because as we get further into the study of uh the feast of weeks and all the different names and or as in the new testament known as the uh the feast of pentecost or the day of pentecost or Pentecost. Let's look at this example. The feasts were not only historical in nature, in other words, they actually occurred uh, to the nation of Israel, but they were also prophetic in nature. They spoke of the coming of Christ and the work that he was going to accomplish and do. These are also for the church, for us, the believer today. These things are also patterns and types and shadows and examples that we can learn and grow by. Uh, it doesn't mean that we are required to keep the law like in the Old Testament, how they had to keep it with all the sacrifices and everything. But the law is written by the Holy Spirit into the hearts of the believer. And Israel celebrated these agricultural feasts because that's what they were, agricultural feasts in nature. And you had three 
one. <clears throat> you had uh, uh, the day of Passover on on in the spring and in the spring also the the feast of uh, unleavened bread, and then you had the feast of first fruits. All these three in the spring. Then in summer you had the feast of Pentecost. Then in the fall you had the other three feasts: the feast of uh, uh, tabernacles and atonement, and <clears throat> the other the other one that uh, is also represented in 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 these things. If we were to look at some examples to help us understand, let's take Moses as an example: striking the rock. Versus speaking to it and striking it twice. Why it's important for us to understand what was the nature and the lessons behind this. We have to understand that when this took place, literally, it was ascribing to Christ being stricken a second time. He came to die once and that was it, not two times. There is no second sacrifice that he can do for us. So the pattern is broken by Moses in striking the rock twice. Also, it shows us the results of disobedience, rebellion, and anger. How we can get off course without realizing it and missing and understanding the patterns that God has set for our lives. These patterns go back, starting in the book of Genesis, and you'll find them repeated throughout the entire scriptures up until the book of Revelation. That means that the law of first mention in the book of Genesis, that these things are going to repeat themselves in one form or another and in cycles throughout the scripture. So let's look at Exodus chapter 17, verse 5 and 6. This is concerning Moses and the people of Israel needing water in the desert. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people. And take with you the elders of Israel, and the rod wherewith you smote the river. Take in your hand and go. Of course, it's talking about when he was in Egypt. And behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Arab, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders. So notice, he obeyed God, he was not angry, he was not upset. He followed exactly the, the pattern that God told him. He said, speak to the, uh, excuse me, he said, smite the rock. And that is exactly what had to happen to Jesus. That is something that the People of Israel at that time, many did not understand, especially the Pharisees and the scribes, that their Messiah had to be stricken. He had to be smitten because he was going to carry our iniquities and our sins upon himself and upon that cross. They didn't understand that. But when it came time for the second time for Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, for Moses, uh, to bring water and give water to the people. He's given instructions once again exactly how to do it. The first time Jesus came, he knew that he had come to lay down his life. But the next time that he's coming, he's coming for his church. He's coming to rule the world. 
And we could almost take so many different scriptures where even the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Uh, Maranatha is the word that sometimes is used there. So we're expecting, and we should be expecting every single day of our lives that Jesus would come. Because this is our blessed hope. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 8, it says, Take the rod, this is the second time he's going to get water for them, and gather the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock. Notice, the instructions are not to hit the rock, but to speak to the rock before their eyes. This was going to be the most awesome thing. They were just going to hear him speak, and the rock was going to obey and it shall give forth his water. Thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. And thou shalt give the congregation and their beast to drink. Verse number 9 of Numbers chapter 20. And Moses took the rod before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? The we is Aaron and Moses, not God. So he was wrong. And then it says in verse 11, And Moses lifted up his hand with his rod, and he smote the rock Twice. Not only did he did he not hit it one time like the first time, but he hit it twice. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank their water and their beast also. It's important for us to understand that this was breaking the pattern of how God has established as to how he was going to do certain things. That goes to show that it is not by striking Christ a second time, but by the speaking that the water came forth. Remember on one of the feasts when he said, All ye that are thirsty, come unto me. Why? Because he is able to give us the living waters. The living waters to walk a life of faith. The living waters to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit. The living waters to see the miraculous take place in our lives. All of these things. So now let's take a look at why the scripture is so adamant on this. It says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 6. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. In other words, the pattern was he is smitten the first time, and the next time is you call upon him to come forth. Come, Lord Jesus, come. So here the pattern goes to show us that even in the New Testament is broken by an individual who will trample the blood of Jesus again and abandon him. Basically, Moses, when he hit that rock, it's like an individual trying to hit Jesus or have him struck twice. It's just not going to happen. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 1, Now all of these things happened unto them 
For examples, important to understand. For examples, they, these things were examples uh, uh, that were taking place, and that <clears throat> and that they are written for our admonition, for our correction, so that we can follow these patterns. These are to get our attention, so that we can do how we are told in the scripture to do. And it says, upon whom the ends of this age are come. Not the world as a planet, not the cosmos, but the age. It says in Colossians 2, 16 and 17, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Remember, all the convocations were holy days. Or of a new moon or of the Sabbath days. Notice, plural, Sabbath days. Not just the Sabbath day, but the Sabbath days. It says, which are a shadow of things to come. That's the second time that we find that word, things to come or the age to come. But the body is of Christ. In Romans 15, verse 4, For whatsoever things were written before time... All you got to do is get the Old Testament. And of course, uh, since we're living in the 20th century, that which was written before time is also in the New Testament. They were written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. Another example that we can find is that of the serpent on the pole in Numbers 21, verse 8 and 9. 2 Kings chapter 18 verse 4 and John chapter 3 verse 14. In the book of Numbers chapter 21 verse 8 and 9, you find the actual thing taking place, the historical event of the serpent being made, the brazen serpent or the serpent of brass. And when people were bitten by a snake, they could look at it and they could be healed. But then by the time we get to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 18, verse 14, the people are worshiping it. Once again, they are misrepresenting the pattern. But when we get to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, that's how I have to be lifted up. So we see the pattern that began in Numbers restored in the book of John. But we see the historical event. We see the prophetical event. And then, of course, the event that was a mistaken, like Moses striking that rock twice. Well, this is where we're going to leave off today. We're going to continue tomorrow, which will be basically on Saturday with this section explaining a little bit more and understanding all these examples and patterns and shadows and types to help us understand the Feast of Pentecost. And of course, we still have the other feasts coming up, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Atonement. And we've got a lot of, lot of nuggets to go through. Until then, the Lord richly enrich your understanding. May He enlighten your heart and your mind and your spirit to behold, see, and understand these things and put them into practice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.